This episode of Energy Sense is brought to you by IHS Markets Financial and Capital Markets Energy Advisory Group. Our team of experts provides the investment community with actionable insight and integrated thought leadership that identify the trends and trend makers of global energy markets. Solutions cover the full energy and natural resources sector, from traditional fossil fuels to emerging clean tech ideas and supply chains, and are available via recurring reports, webinars, robust data sets, and personal engagements with experts. All right. Welcome back to Energy Sense, an S&P global podcast discussing all things on the intersection of energy and finance. This is your host, Hill Vaden, and I am here today with a special guest, Andy Marsh, CEO of Plug Power. How are you, Andy? Ah, great. It's a pleasure to be here today, Hill. Well, I'm excited to be speaking with you, and, and um, uh, the, the the listeners can't hear us today, but I'm looking at, I guess, Latham, New York behind you through, through the windows of your, what appears to be a home office or, or a very comfortable uh, office office. It's a comfortable office office that I just moved into about a month and a half ago, and uh, it is a very comfortable office, but in reality, Hill, it's a meeting room for all my employees because this is where I sit and meet with them and discuss the future of plug. All right. Well, that's uh, that's one of the obvious topics for us today. And I wanted to start. So, so I, I have a confession to make that that I I looked at plug as a startup for, for a long time because I was associating plug with the fast growing innovation of clean tech, specifically hydrogen. Um, and plug is not at all a startup uh, anymore. And uh, so, so I want to get your perspective on being in the hydrogen clean tech space today. And plug has been around. Let's see, you, the, the company started in 1997, IPO'd in 1999, and you've been leading the organization since 2008. So, so you've been through a whole series of wild rides. Can you give me a little bit of perspective of how you got to where you are today and how today compares with, with prior uh, call it cycles? Well, first, let me say, Hill, this is a lot better time than uh, some of those other <laughs> some of those other uh, times in this industry. But uh, since I've joined the company, we focused on, and I was hired to create a commercial business. Mm -hmm. That's why the board of directors asked me to come on. And we created the first real market for hydrogen fuel cells. And that was putting fuel cells in the forklift trucks. Not the sexiest market of the world in the world, but there's 50,000 of them out there. And during COVID, more than 25% of the food in the U.S. moved through those products. Mm -hmm. During that journey, and certainly has been a journey, we start building up different capabilities. Ten years ago, Walmart told me, you're never going to sell us anything at scale unless you learn how to build hydrogen fueling stations, unless you learn how to provide aftermarket service. And today we've built over 180 hydrogen fueling stations, a fact that very few people know. We became the largest user of liquid hydrogen. But we've also, as uh, this industry began to get people much more interested, call 2019. We're well positioned and well positioned to move forward. And we've been bold. I mean, we are building out the first green hydrogen network across the United States, over 500 tons, with over 70 tons coming online this year. And we've built the first gigafactory for fuel cells and electrolyzers in Rochester, New York, mm -hmm. which will have 2.5 gigawatts of capabilities. 
We have JVs with Renault in France, which is a major provider of electric commercial vehicles in Europe uh, to do the same with fuel cells. We have a JV with SK in South Korea to put uh, use stationary products to put electricity on the grid. Uh, we're building a gigafactory with Fortescue, one of the largest mining companies in Australia. So, you know, over the last couple of years, Plug has turned into this niche player to manufacturing scale in this industry, which is unmatched to what's going to be the largest producer of liquid hydrogen in the United States by the end of next year, to a real true global footprint. So it's been one quite interesting journey. Well, it is interesting you mentioned Walmart uh, early in the introduction because just, what, five or six days ago, maybe seven days ago, you signed a big agreement or, or press released a big agreement with Walmart to expand your relationship around specifically green hydrogen. I think Walmart, during this journey, Walmart really was the first customer. And we start with 60 forklift trucks and have 9,500 with them today. But their vision is bigger. They mm -hmm. recognize to reduce their footprint of one gigaton of CO2 per year uh, down to zero, just like many of our customers have those ambitions. You know, green hydrogen is going to be key. And I really view this start of 20 tons a day with Walmart of green hydrogen is just the start of a journey that uh, a large percent of Walmart's energy needs are going to be provided by green hydrogen and Plug is the company that's going to provide them the green hydrogen. And, and specifically just to address the, the rainbow of hydrogen, which is one of the, the confusing things within the hydrogen industry for, for, for many of us. Green hydrogen is hydrogen from uh, through electrolysis from water and renewable sources. So, so there is effectively no carbon emission within that hydrogen process. That's right. And if I would uh, quote my buddy Andrew Farce, who's the richest man in Australia, who we're building the factory of Fortescue with, he says there's only all other hydrogen is fake hydrogen. <laughs> I'm probably not as uh, extreme as my buddy Andrew, but uh, you hit it right. There's no carbon generated in the process. And that's why customers like Walmart and others find it so much more attractive because you really can get to net zero using green hydrogen. So, and I want to talk a, a little bit more about some of these big JV customers because you, we, you know Walmart is obviously front of the news to, to today with, with the announcement last week, and we, we've known as a big customer. Amazon uh, is another huge customer and accounts for a disproportionate uh, amount or a proportionate amount of uh, 2021 revenues. Talk to me about the, the JV strategy. It seems to be very, very front of mind with plug between SK, Amazon, Walmart, all, all of these big customers that, that are really partners in what y'all are doing. So, Hill, we want to be global overnight. And, okay. and look, uh, every country has its uh, own special characteristics. And who's better at selling in Australia? Plug or a company that's part of Australia? We view that not only, you know, one of the reasons people are going to green hydrogen, there really are three today. One is it helps you reduce your CO2 footprint. Two, it helps you create jobs. And three, it provides national security. Uh, we've seen that change overnight with what's going on in Ukraine. But for all three of those reasons, Fortescue, for example, wants plug as a partner.
And if you go through it, we're helping them reduce their CO2 footprint. We're creating jobs by building a factory to build the equipment in Australia there for them. And look, Australia will be energy independent with green hydrogen, as well as becoming a next exporter. So that's, uh, you know, that's really our equation is we'll go into a region with a company that really knows it. We did it with Renault and Hyvia. We're doing it with SK in South Korea and, and Axiona in Spain, who is mm -hmm. the largest generator of green renewable electricity in Spain, which, as you talked about earlier, you create green hydrogen with green electricity, use an electrolyzer process where plug is a leader in electrolyzers to generate green hydrogen. And the, the knock against green hydrogen, if there is a knock against hy green hydrogen, seems to be cost. That, that there's all sorts of application, but the market remains, I'll say small for lack of a better word, because some of the costs and, and the scalability aren't to where they need to be for wider application. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? So, Hill, first, I want all my competitors and everybody in the world to believe that today. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> when I look at it, uh, at a cost of about three cents a kilowatt hour, green hydrogen is incredibly competitive with any other hydrogen that's generated. And it's really pretty much a simple process. You take that green electricity, call it three cents a kilowatt hour, for $1.80 a kilowatt hour, you can have the $1.80 per kilogram of hydrogen, which is about 33 kilowatt hours of electricity, mm -hmm. you can have green hydrogen. That makes it very, very competitive. Of course, you know, if you start looking at uh, the cost of the equipment, it's in part with any other forms of equipment that's used to generate hydrogen. The logistics is the same. So if you look at the basic equation, that gets you to a very competitive place. In places in Europe today where the price of natural gas is so high, green hydrogen is more competitive than gray hydrogen today. How about when we compare green hydrogen to, say, batteries, which would be you know, another one of the competitors to, to, you know, in terms of clean tech innovation? When I think about batteries, there's certain, look, uh, I'm not a purist, Hill. I, I believe that there's different solutions for different type of applications. And hydrogen works best for today commercial heavy-duty vehicles because you know, quite honestly, you can't do it with batteries. Batteries are at a certain point, 10 times larger than hydrogen fuel cells in a tank. Weight's an advantage, mm -hmm. volume is an advantage. I think when you look at certain applications like steel manufacturing, where you need very, very high heat, that's not a, that's not a place where batteries can be used. Uh, and if you start looking at things like steel manufacturing, not nearly as exciting as roads driving a Corvette on the road, but uh, it actually has a carbon footprint equal to all the mobility carbon footprint when you look at those industrial acts like steel and concrete. So we believe there is a huge market for commercial applications for fuel cells over the coming decade. And we believe green hydrogen is competitive with any other hydrogen today if you buy the renewables at the right cost. When I hear the, the, the phrase, as you probably heard or repeated many times as well, that we, we should electrify everything we can and use hydrogen for the rest. And, and there is a huge market for hydrogen, particularly when we get into some of the, I suppose, airplanes and long haul when batteries just don't make a lot of sense. 
You know, I would uh, argue with you that uh, there probably comes a point, especially when you move to a sharing economy, mm-hmm. that uh, hydrogen vehicles for even mobility are going to be much more attractive. Uh, where hydrogen works because of fast fueling, long range, the fact that the whole issue of how you bring the grid to powering vehicles is much becomes much simpler. I think where you're going to see hydrogen fuel cells dominate even for cars or going to even places like New York City, uh, maybe your town of Houston there, uh, Hill, uh, San Francisco, places, Los Angeles. Uh, if you move to a sharing economy, uh, like world may be like in 2035, hydrogen fuel cells are really the right answer. And talk to me for a second about the specific plug technology. And I'm, I guess I'm, I'm thinking and I'm having to look at my notes as we talk here, but the proton exchange membrane or PEM uh, seems to be the technology that's driving a lot of what you're doing, no pun intended. Can, can you explain some of that, uh, in a sense, dumb it down for me and, and help the, the, the casual hydrogen enthusiast to, to understand a little bit more how that works and why plug is such a differentiator with it? Well, I'm going to start out by saying that we're much more than the PEM fuel cell. Okay. We've actually are building out the first hydrogen ecosystem around the world. And, and in reality, that was what we did for Walmart at a small scale. But we're building 500 tons of green hydrogen plants here in the United States, taking the renewables to create green hydrogen. Uh, we're building... You know, to move that hydrogen, it needs really to be in liquid form if you need to move in distance. We have a company in Houston that actually does that. It takes gases, hydrogen, and creates liquid green hydrogen. Uh, We also have a company that has trailers which can move it to a Walmart distribution center. And our fueling stations that we built can provide that hydrogen for forklift trucks. It can provide that hydrogen for Uh, on-road vehicles, uh, or that hydrogen could be generated on site using plug electrolyzers. And both our electrolyzers and our fuel cells use a PEM technology. When it comes to electrolyzers, it is the best interface to renewable because it responds rapidly. Some fuel cell technologies respond very slowly. PEM fuel cells respond like that. And PEM electrolyzers. So the best possible interface to renewable resources, the best possible interface for items like vehicles, because when you hit the pedal, the vehicle moves. And that's not going to be the same with all fuel cell type technologies. Okay. And and you mentioned some of these uh, states where you've had um, some success or put some steel in the ground, New York, Texas. I think you've got uh, factories or, or facilities in California and Georgia as well, and plan two more in, in the U.S. this year? That is correct. And, um, you know, if you go look at our New York plant, really pretty exciting. So we're using hydropower powering our electrolyzers. That's the same hydropower that uh, George Westinghouse used to build the first electrical network in right. the United States. And those electrolyzers will split water into hydrogen and oxygen. And that hydrogen will be liquefied. And then that hydrogen can be transported 
know, probably costs effectively for 500 or 700 miles. So that's, you know, and if you start looking each of those steps along the way, Plug has the technologies to support it. For example, the trailers are manufactured down there in Houston. Mm-hmm. The uh, MEAs, which are used in the electrolyzers, are manufactured in Rochester, New York. So, you know, Plug really does uh, have that complete ecosystem, uh, which puts us in a real great position to dominate the hydrogen society of the future. We will be one of the winners. As you're looking at the U.S. specifically, the, you know, one of the big news items of, of, I guess, late last year was, I think, $8 billion in funding to, to go to four, I think is the number they've thrown out, hydrogen hubs uh, that um, different municipalities are competing for in the U.S. And I know specifically here in Houston uh, that there's a big play that Mayor Turner and others are trying to, to ensure that hydrogen uh, or, or that Houston becomes one of the hydrogen hubs, uh, which has a nice alliterative ring to it. Um, and obviously the the infrastructure that's already here, the energy uh, expertise that's already here. How should, do, do you have views on um, some of the front runners uh, for, for these other, uh, or, or for that $8 billion? Um, I'm selfishly interested in Houston, but, but are there others? And I'm not gonna ask you to pick the four today, but. What should we I be looking at? I actually have an opinion on the four. I won't tell you. Uh, <laughs> well, we, now, but, now you have to. But 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 I can tell you this, Hill. I dropped, left a meeting that I've been in all day, which has been about the hydrogen hubs. Oh, and after this meeting, I'm going back to another meeting. We're certainly deeply involved in the New York hydrogen hub. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're one of the companies, along with uh, folks like National Grid, who are really working closely with the NYSERDA, which is the New York Energy Research uh, Arm, uh, in developing the New York Hydrogen Hub. We're also involved with your friends in Houston. And I think what you'll see is these hydrogen hubs will be, some hubs will be based on green hydrogen, and some of them will be based on traditional fossil fuels. And, you know, there's $8 billion that will be uh, put in place by the federal government. But when I look at it, uh, and by the way, it's probably between four to, it's a minimum of four hubs. And I think most folks think there'll be about eight hubs across the United States. That was my next question, uh, is whether we were more than four. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, Hill, that what you'll find is that uh, the key item here is how much private money it drives. It's, you know, it's set up as a 50-50 cost sharing. But I think that um, as you build out these hubs, there'll be more and more private money put into these hubs. And I think these hubs are really the foundation that build help build out widespread hydrogen usage across the United States. So we think the activity is really powerful. And we think what private companies and investments are really going to be the second critical items for this to become big. And that's why I think activities like plug building out our green hydrogen network is so critical. So how about more broadly than the US? And I'm, I'm gonna drop a, a friend of ours names here, uh, Alex Classic, who's one of our lead hydrogen analysts uh, here within S&P Global. And we've been talking you know, for a long time about hydrogen. And at the beginning of last year, uh, 2021, I wasn't getting a whole, I wasn't having a lot of conversations about hydrogen with our 
clients and I worked with financial sector clients. But as the year went on, more and more and more of the questions which were perhaps more focused on solar and batteries were focused on hydrogen. And now hydrogen is, you know, one of the bright shining stars of, of all of our conversations. It was led by Europe, uh, a lot of the interest. Um, how are you looking at uh, the, the world today? We've talked a little bit about the US. How, how are you looking at Europe? And, and I know you've got JVs with Renault. You've mentioned Australia. Where are the other, call it hotspots, that we should pay attention to? I have locations in the Netherlands and locations in Germany. Mm -hmm. I have locations in France. I have about 300 people spread throughout Europe. Uh, I think that... Uh, you're going to see a lot of activities at the ports in Europe, like Anthorp, uh, which has ambitions. Uh, uh, and if you look at that port, they're not like what you think about U.S. ports. It's about you know 70 kilometers of manufacturing chemicals that use hydrogen. And I think where you're going to see a lot of the early activity in Europe is at those ports. Europe, from a when I think about the difference between Europe and U.S. It's really based on government policy. You know, it's really driven by Brussels with great support. Uh, you know, for example, Hyvee is in the next round of European funding, uh, which could really uh, increase our presence in Europe even more rapidly. So, you know, Europe is certainly going to be very much government driven, very serious. I think what's going on in Ukraine today is just accelerating what's going on in Europe. And I think then when you take a look, Hill, at uh, what's going on with our company, it's really, you know, positioning ourselves in the regions where hydrogen is critical to the success of Europeans' national security, as well as European CO2 goals, as well as job creation goals. All those three elements are critical for the success in Europe. Here in the States, it's going to be more market driven and being led by the big companies like Walmart and Amazon, who look, uh, we're all looking at these SEC requirements, which means you have to really have executable plans to meet your CO2 emission goals. And green hydrogen is critical for meeting those goals. No other companies really in position today to provide that green hydrogen than plug. How is not plug to, working? Not, not to be a plug for plug. <laughs> well, I think it's only appropriate <laughs> you're plugging plug. How, how is plug working? We've talked about a lot of other large companies that, that you've been partnering with. But we're not hearing, say, Exxon or Shell or some of the large uh, traditional energy companies. Do, are, are these conversations or, or is there a relationship there that, that doesn't get talked about as much uh, as some of the others? Or, or is that a completely different kind of how should we think about that relationship? So we have announced relationships with Philip 66. Mm -hmm, that's right. We're that's looking right. at opportunities to help them decarbonize their refining process. So leveraging, you know, good deal of hydrogen and gray hydrogen today is used in refining. And by using green hydrogen, it helps reduce the CO2 footprint. I, I mean, I, I'm not hill and a purist. I think steps along the way, like doing that, is good for society, good for driving down the cost of green hydrogen, and good for the environment. So we're really thrilled with those relationships. And we're partnering with folks who you think about, uh, uh, like Airbus, who's uh, you know has a you know, planes have a carbon footprint, which is about three percent of the world's carbon footprint. 
and we're working with Airbus to try to figure out how to put hydrogen hubs in the United States to to support the industry long term. So one of one of the big changes, and maybe this is a good way. Well, I've got two other questions, then we can wrap it up. But uh, one of the big changes as we enter 2022 um, was I- inflation and, and the rising cost of uh, well, the it, rising rates, which leads to a rising cost of capital for a lot of fast growth companies, and you can see that in the stock market uh, today. You can see it, you know, the, in um, you know lots of different things we're doing as an executive in a fast growth company, how have how have you been a, a, adapting or evolving with that change moving through, what, what is it, uh, April 25th today, so for the first four months of the year? So, AOAB um, plugs in the enviable position because of our strong balance sheet that we don't, you know, look, I want the stock going up every day, but I don't have to worry about capital at least for the next three to five years. So, you know, we have more than sufficient capital on our balance sheet today to support our long-term growth plans. We have over $4 billion on the balance sheet. You know, so we're not in a position where I'm thinking about if I'm going to, plug's going to need to raise capital in six months. Uh, we think the markets, uh, when we look at what we're doing and the value we're creating long-term, we think the stock will take care of itself as people realize that our efforts to build out this green hydrogen network, all the applications we're involved in, that that's going to create such great value for customers, employees, and shareholders that uh, we're in the enviable position that I don't have to explain to you where how I'm going to pay for our plans mm-hmm. because it's on our balance sheet. All right. Well, that is a uh, an enviable position for, for a lot of the, these other fast growth companies. I, I would just tell you this, Hill. Over those 14 years, I learned if you can build a good balance sheet, you can be in a good position to execute on your plans. And Absolutely. I've been, the, I've been on the other side of that equation and made sure we didn't happen to us again. Well, one one more question, and then I'll let you go. But but what we, we've been talking about a lot of the promises uh, of green hydrogen and of hydrogen in general, and of plug specifically. What would you say are some of the big hurdles and, and some of the big challenges that that you've got? Uh, maybe that aren't keeping you up at night, but but at least that you've got you know your your eyes on as you're focused on on all the uh, opportunity in front of you. I think that like any CEO, I think a great deal about how do you scale a business because we are scaling. People like Bloomberg say this is going to be a $10 trillion economy someday for hydrogen. So scale, how to scale rates critical. So I do worry about things uh, like the culture of plug power long-term, thinking through opportunity costs, making sure we're investing our time in those portions of the value chain, which can create the greatest values for our stakeholders. I obviously think about marginal cost to make sure that everything we put our time into is creating greater value. So that's where I think about it. I, I, you know, the, the small items, which aren't really small, building out the plants is challenging, <laughs> but it's not just about, you know, where we are in 2025, it's where this company is in 2035. So that plug is one of the three big winners in this hydrogen economy. When when we get there. And that's where I put my time and that's where I focus. All right. 
Well, I, uh, I hope we can speak again but before that, what, 2035 for projection that you just offered. <laughs> I've very much enjoyed our conversation and, and appreciate your being the, the first external guest on this podcast. Uh, so so you, you, you've done you've done well, and I hope you've enjoyed it. So, so an A minus, Hill, is that how you would grade it? Oh, I'll give you an A plus, but perhaps <laughs> okay. we average down to A minus because I'm maybe a little B. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for inviting us. We loved it. We loved the opportunity and look forward to uh, speaking with you again. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Andy. Okay, Hill. To read additional insights from our team of experts, visit our blog at www.ihsmarket.com slash energy blog. You can also find our experts on social media by searching for IHS Market Energy on either Twitter or LinkedIn. Have a topic idea or want to send us feedback? Email our podcast team at energysense at ihsmarket.com. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy solutions, visit ihsmarket.com slash energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.